Welcome to Route 66, a podcast taking you on a theological journey. The goal of this podcast is to provide you with five to seven minutes of spiritual nourishment from one of the 66 books of the Bible, or from the robust heritage of Reformed theology. I am your host, Pastor Anthony Savaggio of the Rochester Christian Reformed Church, located in Penfield, New York, and I am pleased that you have chosen to join me on this journey down Route 66. This episode brings a new focus to the Route 66 podcast. Having completed our series on the first question and answer of the Heidelberg Catechism, we now turn our attention to the subject matter of the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer stands as one of the three pillars of Christian liturgical expression. There's the Lord's Prayer, the Ten Commandments, and the Apostles' Creed. These three things orbit closely to the nucleus of our faith. They also have a connection to the Heidelberg Catechism as the Catechism devotes sections to each of these three pillars of the faith. The Lord's Prayer will be our focus, and I hope it brings you comfort in difficult times. Before transitioning to hearing the text of the Lord's Prayer, I want to issue a quick warning about this episode. It will be longer than the standard episode, as I want to introduce the topic of the Lord's Prayer. Don't worry, we will return to the usual length in future episodes. Now, let's listen to the words which surround and make up the body of the prayer we know as the Lord's Prayer. Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 15, New International Version. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Liberty, equality, fraternity. This was one of the mottos of the French Revolution. History has seen many political revolutions, and we have also seen other types of revolutions. Perhaps the one that most impacts our lives on a daily basis is the computer or technological revolution. Although revolutions come in a variety of forms, what they all share in common is some type of sudden or radical change. 
Before the revolution, things were done a certain way, and after the revolution, they are done in an entirely new way. The Bible is full of these revolutionary changes, the most profound of which is a revolution brought by the incarnation of our Lord. In many ways, Jesus was a revolutionary. He brought about sudden and radical changes to how people understood and interacted with God. When we approach the Lord's Prayer, we witness yet another one of Jesus' revolutions, a revolution in prayer. In the Lord's Prayer, Jesus brought about a sudden, radical, and complete change regarding how we pray to our God. Over the next several episodes, I want to explore the revolutionary changes Jesus made to prayer as he introduced the Lord's Prayer to his disciples. In today's episode, we'll see how Jesus brought a revolution in our approach to prayer. Our approach to prayer. Jesus does not launch right into the actual words of the Lord's Prayer. I hope you noticed that as you heard that reading from Matthew 6. Instead, Jesus begins by discussing some do's and don'ts of prayer. He begins by discussing how and how not to pray. So what kind of guidance does Jesus give us? Well, he gives us two principles. Principle number one is keep it private. Private and attitude. Listen to verses 5 and 6. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. for They love to pray, standing in the synagogues and on the street corners, to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Much is made of public prayer in our culture. Christians have often resisted secularizing efforts to remove prayer from public places and events. But here, Jesus seems to call us exclusively to private prayer. It would, however, be a mistake to interpret Jesus' words here as a blanket condemnation of all public prayers. After all, the Lord's Prayer, the very prayer Jesus is teaching in this passage, is really a public prayer meant to be prayed before and among people we're referring to our Father. So Jesus is obviously not forbidding public prayer. Then what is he doing here? Why does he tell us to pray in private? I think his main point here is a call to cease praying for the sake of ourselves, to stop praying for the sake of our own pride. What Jesus is condemning is a self-righteous and self-aggrandizing attitude in prayer. You see, this is exactly what the hypocrites, whom Jesus condemns in this passage, were doing. They loved to pray in public. They wanted to stick out among all others. One of the dangers of public prayer is that we tend to put on pretense. People pray differently in public because they know others are listening. The hypocrites wanted people to see and hear them pray. This is why the hypocrites stood in prayer, rather than kneel in humility. This is why the hypocrites prayed in places where they had a guaranteed audience, synagogues and street corners. In contrast, Jesus says, pray in private and you will avoid these dangers and remove these distractions and you can focus better on God. When you pray in private, you are praying in front of the most important audience of all. You are praying in front of your Father. The second principle Jesus gives us is to keep it short. Keep it short. Verses 7 and 8 of Matthew 6. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. In the world in which Jesus lived, it was customary for people to address significant figures and leaders with titles and superlatives that seem to have no end. Sometimes people do a similar thing with God. Jesus says, don't do that. 
In addition, some prayers in the ancient world involved repetition of phrases over and over again, as if the words had magical content by mere repetition. In contrast, Jesus says, keep it short. Why? Because God already knows what you are thinking and what you need. Do not be quick with your mouth. Do not be hasty in your heart to utter anything before God. God is in heaven and you are on earth, so let your words be few. Those words from Ecclesiastes 5.2 are very helpful for this situation. In a world in which talk is cheap, we are inundated with talking heads and multimedia. Jesus says, make your words few and make them full of meaning. When it comes to prayer, God desires quality, not quantity. So, Jesus brings us two don'ts of prayer here. Don't pray for the sake of a public audience and, a pub and public glory. And don't pray long and repetitious prayers. The ancient commentator Matthew Henry uh, so aptly put it this way. He said, now there were two great faults they were guilty of in prayer, against each of which we are here cautioned. Vain glory and vain repetitions. That is it. Those are the don'ts. But then how should we pray? Jesus tells us, pray to God, not people. To his glory, not our glory. And, secondly, pray directly and efficiently, knowing that you are addressing the one who knows all. Jesus brought a revolution to how we approach prayer. According to Jesus, prayer is not about impressing God or others with our prayers, but rather prayer is meant as an opportunity to speak honestly to God. I hope you'll take that opportunity today. I hope you'll go into your private place and pray to God and approach Him and speak to Him. He knows what's on your heart, and I hope that will bring you comfort today. God bless you. That concludes today's episode. I hope you have found encouragement in God's Word and in the teachings of Reformed theology. Remember the words of the prophet Isaiah who reminds us, The grass withers, the flower fades, but the Word of God will stand forever. If you would like more information about Rochester Christian Reformed Church, or if you would like to listen to my online sermon library, please go to rochestercrc.org. Thank you.